Welcome and bienvenidos a todos to Our Football, a podcast covering Liga Mekis Femenil. I'm Eugene Rapinski, your host for this evening, and with me as always is my co-host Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you this evening? I'm doing great, Eugene. How are you? Doing well, doing well. The weather's actually nice here, uh, so I'll enjoy the uh, the two or three weeks of spring that we get before it's uh, summer. <laughs> is it like rainy summer? Or is it just like a warm summer? Uh, it's just it's hot and humid here uh, most of the time. So we got like like rainy season. I think it's just beginning. Like I think we probably ended our three weeks of spring. There's something really cool that happens in Mexico City, which was like trend. I mean, it's happened for years, but it somehow it was like trending a lot more this year. We we have these purple trees, um, which are beautiful. Um, I think they brought them in from Japan sometime, and then all of a sudden they're like everywhere. Ah. So they started to bloom, and they look really, really amazing. They're called jacarandas. Jacarandas. Um, we have yeah. something. Maybe it may be the same thing. I think they're called red buds. They're uh, they got these little like purple, little tiny purple flowers, but they I don't know. They almost look like Christmas lights. Um, it's Aww. it's just beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at them. Oh, they're more like pinkish, right? Yeah, they're like pinkish purple, and I think they eventually turn red. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, these are like a bit more purplish, um, but they're like, like I mean, they're dying now. <laughs> we oh, only no. get them like for spring and then summer, like the trees turn entirely green. So we can only see them like during springtime. And then since we, I think it's, we're, we're getting like springtime some like sooner in the year. So I think they bloomed already and now like they're, <laughs> they're done and now it's, they're just going to be like regular trees. Um, yeah. But if you can't look for them, like like Google, like Jacarandas, Mexico City or something, and you'll see like streets like filled with these beautiful purple trees. So yeah, that was trending like a few weeks ago. And that was like weather here. <laughs> Interesting. I'll have to look it up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Those are beautiful. They almost look like lilacs, but mm-hmm, like, exactly. like a tree. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I think actually like like some Japanese immigrant brought them over, I think, and then they somehow expanded and now they're like everywhere. Well, I'm not yeah. everywhere, but they're like pretty popular right now. Very cool. Yeah, we have we have cherry trees that are like that uh, here in the U.S. So those those have already kind of bloomed. I think you see a lot of those uh, here and, and in uh, Washington, D.C. They're they're really known mm-hmm. for it. So but yeah, no, super cool. Uh, you know, spring is upon us. And that means we are getting close to the Ligia. And looks like we've got our second team officially confirmed in. That's uh, Chivas. Congratulations to them. And unfortunately for Mazatlan, they were mathematically eliminated this week. So they can start planning for the next tournament, I guess. Um, but we had a full slate of results uh, this week. I think I'll just kind of go through them and we'll point out some different things, you know, as, as we see. Queretaro uh, beat San Luis uh, one to nothing at home. I I was pretty impressed with Queretaro. I don't know if you got a chance to see this game, but they kind of do what I think should be their game plan, which is, you know, get something early and then just put the defensive clamps on and not let the other (laughs) team do anything. And they did that. They got a a goal in the third minute. And then for the rest of the the game, uh, just defended. Uh, There were some nervy moments for sure. A couple of uh, crossbars hit, uh, but uh, San Luis was unable to to do anything and uh, took the loss. I actually, um, <laughs> I was thinking of over here, we say when, when a team just goes like in, like all defense after probably scoring a goal or maybe two, um, we say it's el tu camion because it's like tu Ferretti. He'll do that like every time. So it's, we just, it's like park the tu camion, like park, ah. the, the, park the bus, uh, but it's like the tu camion. <laughs> tu camion. I have to, I have to remember that. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
it's it's effective and and they do it well. I I like you know they seem to really uh, drop a lot of players back Keretro uh, that is, and I, I like that that's their identity that they're you know they're not going to go out and beat you five to four or something. They're going to try and and grind out these these very low scoring games, and uh, they seem to seem to have done very well for themselves. I think they they still have are in single digits and goals allowed. Um, they're still in single digits for goals scored too, I believe, but that's still pretty impressive. Yeah, agreed. I, I didn't see that game from Getro, but I'm pretty happy. Um, you're mentioning they have like a really good performance, which is, I guess, like now is when we're starting to think, well, that could probably work for next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to start. I mean, Mazatlan obviously out of it. I mean, Getro still like technically. It, I mean, they're there, right? I mean, they're yeah. only let me see twenty points. I mean, six points away from Atlas. I mean, it, it's they're they're it mathematical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're mathematically alive, but. You know, it's it's six points in the next four games is that's a big ask, especially with Toluca sitting above them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I know anything can happen, uh, but uh, anything is going to have to happen in a big way and soon uh, in order for them to, to make it in. I think that they have some positive things they can take away from this season. It's not uh, something that they just want to move on quickly from. I think they, they were able to kind of establish an identity. You know, they have that stadium that they play in. They kind of made that their their own. And uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to see how they, uh, you know, advance the project in the next season. If if they don't make it to the league. Yeah, yeah sadly enough, it seems as though it won't be. Um, I mean, they're not getting those, those performances a bit earlier. We probably could be talking about them being maybe in eighth place, just like trying to make sure that they keep that that spot for Liguilla. Um, yeah, they're out of it. I mean, Toluca is amazingly Toluca is is still in it. Um, I mean, everything we've talked about Toluca, just mentioning all all the like all the stuff that happened internally with the club, and then just getting terrible scores, and then all of a sudden, oh my god, it would be amazing if they actually made it to Liguilla. I mean, it not it doesn't depend on them entirely at this point. This is when you start looking at other teams trying trying to make them wish they were losing or just make, missing out on some points, um, and then trying to do the math and see if they can still make it. But yeah, I mean, just looking at Toluca just hanging on to ninth place, making it difficult for Atlas, who is in eighth. It's seems as though Querétaro could have a really tough time making it to Liguilla. But still, I mean, glad to see the performances late, but coming in, uh, uh, but still getting good performances and maybe looking into next next season. Obviously, players are trying trying to make sure that they will be uh, in the roster for next season as well. Yeah, no, agreed. I think um, they, they have a lot that they can build on. I think they, you know, getting the system in place is critical and, you know, showing that it can work is is, is also critical. So I think that they've shown that the system that, they, that they've implemented can work. It's just a matter of fine-tuning it and getting some players in over the offseason to that that'll fit that system right not everybody um is is cut out for for what they're building there which is fine uh it's just a matter of figuring out which players are available um that they can kind of bring in you know maybe they want to go back to the international market and look for uh for some players to fill in some gaps or if there's players in their youth system that that they want to bring up to uh but it's exciting it's it's an exciting time for them you know if i'm a get a thorough fan i'm i'm excited for what they're building there yeah, agreed. Um, I think ever since since Carla Rossi was there, I mean, we've, we've had high expectations for what they can do. Hopefully, um, they'll find some regularity and and probably and hopefully get those those performances earlier in the season, so we can think of them a bit more as as contenders. You know, and probably not like first four to six spots, but definitely one of those teams that makes it to Liguilla and somehow starts making it a bit more difficult for the other teams. Agreed. One of the teams that they are um, actually over top of right now is uh, Pumas. Pumas uh, has 13 points now. Uh, they got a 1-1 draw against Medica this past week. Um, 
what a what a game uh. <laughs> <laughs> i can't imagine like how you, how you were lo- watching that game especially after we talked about last week and you said hey could i just think it's possible and i was like yeah i think it is possible and then oh my god how, like what, what was your experience with that game? Oh Please. my gosh. So they, they went up and what was it? The first minute, second minute, it was super <laughs> early in the game. It was a fluky goal. Uh, I forget who it was. They uh, had a shot that hit off the crossbar and uh, a player was there and headed it in. Itzel Gonzalez just couldn't believe what had happened really caught her and the defense by surprise but they, they took the lead early and they hung in there and they they kept the medic off the board and kept the medic off the board and you know later it got them where i'm going oh my gosh they're actually going to do this they're actually gonna they're actually gonna pull this one out and then in stoppage time melanie vieta had an own goal it like it hit off of her and went into the back of the net and i just I don't know. I think I just turned the game off at that point. I, I don't think I wanted to watch anymore. It was just so disheartening uh, to to have led for 90 plus minutes and then to give it up kind of in that fashion when you need those three points and you need, you know, you need those three points against a team like America who you're not expected to beat, who is over top of you in the standings. And you just do that. I mean, yeah, that would not have put them directly into the league, you know, into a Ligia position, but 15 points looks a lot better than 13 points. You know, that's that's uh, still a it's a three point gap with Toluca, a five point gap with uh, Atlas, which is is much more doable than seven points. You know, I look at them now and I'm like, OK, well, uh, time to start figuring out next season. Uh, mathematically, they're still in it, but yeah, not looking not looking good for them. Yeah, I, I felt for you. I felt for you. I was looking at the game. I was like, oh my God, I, I didn't even want to send like a message like on WhatsApp or anything. I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to say anything. And then when that goal came in, I was like, oh man, that one hurts. And I'm not even a Pumas fan, but that was just so close. I mean, still great performance by Pumas. Sad because it could have been not only, a, I mean, a tie. I mean, it definitely could have scored at least another time. Oh man, it was just so close. I, I, can't, I can't imagine like Pumas fans in the stadium as well, just being like, oh my God, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. And then especially Especially after, like what you mentioned, it was Gomez's goal, like in the first minute, um, seemed like everything was going their way, home game for Pumas, and then sadly enough, that goal in, in overtime. Yeah, it was just a, um, you always expect something weird to happen during the Classicos, <laughs> and this was no exception, and I thought we had kind of gotten the weird Cruel. goal out of the way. <laughs> In the first minute, I didn't expect there to be a second weird goal that kind of happened, but uh, that is the Classico for you. So That is Liga Max being Liga Max. <laughs> yeah. Why well, we love it. Um, <laughs> another uh, bad result uh, for Cruz Azul. They lost two to nothing against Puebla this week. Um, Puebla, I think they might have caught Cruz Azul a little bit by surprise. I thought they played that game well. Cruz Azul is, is uh, now 12 points. Uh, they're actually behind Pumas. It's you know another situation where mathematically they're still in it, but realistically them and Puebla both at 12 points are not realistically in the Ligia hunt. So Puebla can take a, a good moral victory from, from this <laughs> game um, and, and kind of look at what went right. Cruz Azul needs to start evaluating what they're going to do for next season. Uh, they had really high hopes uh, at the start of the season. I thought they started well and they've just floundered, you know, so. It's a very Cruz Azul kind of thing, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> um, I mean, we're used to seeing, well, not used to seeing, but it's, it's it's become kind of like a regular thing seeing Cruz Azul like in eighth, ninth place, week 17. It's in their hands. All you need to do is get either a victory or maybe a draw. And I mean, they, they've lost that last, uh, last spot in the Liguilla in the last week just because they can't hold on to, to, to score. So 
uh, it's, I mean, difficult secrets to still do so poorly this season because I, I think we were kind of getting used to them again, like being one of those teams that is like eighth through 10th place, um, struggling, but can make it to Liguilla. And then all of a sudden this season, I mean, they're 14th. Um, seems as though they're probably not going to get many more points out of this. I mean, problem, maybe some, maybe a few more, but definitely not as many as to think that they could make it to Liguilla. Yeah, no, I agree. I We kind of got used to them being that team that's, you know, somewhere between 7th and 10th place, kind of hanging around. Are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it? It's going to come down to the, the final week of the season. That's not going to be the case for them this year, uh, unless something drastic happens over the next uh, four weeks. They are pretty much done and dusted uh yeah you know like i said with with 12 points it's it's a tough road to get to to 20 uh and have that still be good enough to get into the Ligia. so uh you know they've had some good points of the season that i think they can build off of they've had some players really kind of come out and show that they belong there or belong at a good club and i hope that they can you know, see that, retain those players and uh, look to to get some others to come in. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think it's probably fair to say that some of these teams will start looking into probably like pre like postseason and preseason activities thinking about I mean, we, we do have national team activity for the second half of the year um, with all the preparations for the for the Women's Gold Cup. Yeah, I mean, sad to see again because this would kind of like lose that that rhythm that they had from previous seasons. But still, I mean, I mean, like on the other hand, I mean, we have Juarez, right? It's like you you have to give you get some and you you lose some. That's um, true. If Cruz Azul was on there, was like higher on in the standings, maybe we wouldn't have Juarez, for instance. Maybe Cholos could have been probably just a bit lower in the standings. So uh, I, I guess it's just yeah, you you win some, you lose some. That's but true. still, I mean, I, th- I think like Liga MX wise, like league wise, it's probably better if you could start seeing some of the more popular teams kind of being regulars in, in the league as well. Yeah. And to be fair, the gap between at least as of right now, the gap between the teams that are in and, you know, at least at the bottom edge of that, I'm thinking like Tijuana, Juarez, Atlas, and the teams that are out, it isn't all that much. I mean, yes, of course you have, you know, Mazatlan and Nakaxa at the very bottom, uh, but above them, you know, it's three teams with 12 points. You've got a team Pumas with 13. You got three teams with 14 points. It's all kind of evened out, which is, I guess, in some ways good. You're starting to see that parity built, at least among those teams, you know? Yeah. Uh, and what that tells me is that, you know, they're not all that far away from being a little bit higher up the table. They're not all that, you know, if you have 14 points, you get a couple of draws that turn into two wins and maybe a couple of losses into draws. You know, you change a couple of those results, you're right there, you know. So that's a, you know, that's another player, maybe two players that you can bring in to say, okay, well, here's what worked. We can bring these two players in um, to fix some of the, the gaping holes that we had or, you know, to augment our offense or, you know, just give us an extra dimension in our attacker or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then those teams can possibly move up the the ladder. Now, of course, every team is going to be doing that. So it's how much can they really move the needle? But I think when you're starting to see this, um, it's it's better than some of the earlier years where it was really, you know, that the top eight teams and then like everybody else was just kind of cannon fodder. So yeah. um, we did mention Tijuana. They had a very important game out of Estadio Caliente against Atlas. The game ended one-to-one. Both of those teams came into the week in seventh and eighth place, respectively. 
looking for a victory to to kind of help ensure that they were going to make the Ligia. I don't think a draw really helped either of them. It was a physical game, lots of uh, lots of extracurricular stuff. Lot, you know, two teams that really wanted it uh, saw a, a kind of a pushing, shoving match. I don't want to say fight, but kind of a, a bronca, right? Breakout at the end. <laughs> where players got uh, red carded. Atlas really needed that to kind of help keep Toluca at bay and they didn't they didn't get the win. Um you know, do you think that's going to come back to bite them at the end of the year? I was just thinking of how many points either one could have gotten if they got, I mean because they're both in the year positions right now. So Atlas stayed with 20, Shoto's with 22. Um if they would have gotten the victory they'd have 23. Oh man, they're still way behind. I mean the thing is if they got if what either one of them got a got the, a victory right now and then maybe a couple others in the four remaining games you could start thinking of one of them at least at least Cholos which is a bit higher in the standings getting that home team advantage for Liguilla. So I think mm. that's where they'll start regretting losing points because as of now yeah they're qualified but both of them will be will have First leg will be at home, and then the second home, the second leg will be a, an away game for both of them. And yeah. that's usually like one of those things that you really want to have that advantage, that home team advantage for the second leg. And as of now, I mean, the Atlas would face Chivas in the Liguilla if we had mm-hmm. a Liguilla at this point. So I'm pretty sure they want to avoid that <laughs> as well. So yeah, I, I think just um, loss of, of of a victory at this point is coming in really, really expensive because you're starting to think about all those combinations of letting go of that home team advantage for the second leg, which is, I mean, pretty good for some of the teams. If you get if you get a victory in the first leg as an away team, and then you come home and you can o- you only have to defend that advantage way easier mentally on the players as well just to think about that rather than trying to overcome um, you know a deficit and as an away team yeah I mean I think a classical tapatio uh, for the first for the opening round of playoffs would be great for us but I don't think it would be very good for Atlas you know I think for for the neutral fans they would they would enjoy that but you know I don't see Atlas walking out of that they would have done themselves well to to get the extra points that would have put them at 22 uh, which would put them in sixth place and kept Tijuana down in eighth uh, which means that they would have faced America you know if, if the playoffs started this week uh, so that's six place is going to face um, America most likely. Um, they're up above Pachuca on goal differential at this point in time. So that could change as well. But, you know, I, I'd rather face America or Pachuca, who I see as having weaknesses, uh, uh, as opposed to Chivas, who I don't see as having many, if any, weaknesses. Yeah, definitely. Any any advantage you can get at this point, whether it's thinking about quarterfinals or just making it through the I think is way more valuable at this point, especially looking yeah. at who you're going to face. <laughs> Are you yeah. like, It's quite probable that won't change too much. I mean, it, it's either Atlas facing Chivas or maybe Atlas facing Monterrey. So you're worried in both cases. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's if Atlas makes it. Let's, uh, you know, Toluca won their game. They actually beat Riadas 2 to nothing. Uh, Riadas are now winless in four, picked up their first loss of the season. Toluca is now two points out of the Ligia. A team that we thought was was dead, done, and dusted is now within striking distance. Uh, they are two points behind Atlas, three behind Juarez to to sneak into the Ligia. What a story! What a game! Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on on Toluca? I'm just like like what week was it when we were starting to talk about like everything that happened internally? What was it like week three? It was. I think everything went down with the players leaving, like week two week two three four somewhere in there and i think we were really talking about it in like week five ish because that's when everything kind of settled down at first we were we were like okay well you know what else is going to happen what else is going to happen they kind of stabilized they kind of got every everything set and 
from then they just kind of went to work and and just started winning yeah, games. Right? It was uh it's it's kind of good to see them being able to do that. It's good to see that a team can have a disastrous start to the season, uh lose a few games and then still be competitive, be able to make a run for the league. Even if they don't make it at this point, I still think they can look back at what they've done since mm-hmm. week four or five and be proud of what they've accomplished. I mean, they haven't lost. I was looking at all their games this season. They haven't lost since week six. And that was a four to three loss against Atlas. I mean, so Ooh. that was a pretty close score anyway. And then before that, like, yeah, the first four weeks were just catastrophic. I mean, you lost, they started off the season losing 1-0 against Tijuana. Nothing too bad there. I mean, it was just everything we were learning about the club internally, which was really um, just worrisome. And then they lost 10-2 to against Pachuca. And I think that's probably when we said, this is just the crisis for Toluca. They're not going to mm-hmm. make it. This is just a reflection of what's happening internally. There's no way they're going to make it out of it. It's just, it's just poor performance and players are... I mean, they have other things on their minds, right? They lost to Querétaro, then they lost to Tigres, which in any regular season would have been, I mean, expected because, I mean, we know how strong Tigres is. But then, yeah, like week five, things started picking up. I mean, they got a 0-0 draw against Chivas, which again, I mean, Chivas was doing pretty well. Then they lost against Atlas, but I mean, pretty close. And then after that, it was like an entirely different Toluca. They won a 2-0 versus Puebla, tied 0-0 against Pumas, tied against San Luis, and then they beat Santos, they beat Mazatlán, they beat Necaxa, and now they beat Monterrey. Mm. Um, when we were looking at, at how wh- which teams could make it to Liguilla and what, what well, like games were pending and stuff like that, I mean, we were definitely looking at this game. And they face Juarez again next week. So we were like, no, there's, I mean, this is it. This is as far as they make it. They, they're not going to beat Monterrey and Juarez. And then they end off the season against America. It's just, I mean, you, you can't get as many victories as you need. And then they win against Monterrey. Maybe they can. <laughs> maybe they can. Maybe especially, they can just, especially yeah. if they beat Juarez. That's going to, that could push Juarez out of the Liguilla. That would definitely mm-hmm. put Toluca in. Well, maybe not definitely, but that would put them in or right close to being in. Yeah. I mean, that's, that would just be just crazy. What a turnaround. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that a team like with whatever happened on the field, off the field is actually still alive for for Liguilla. I mean, definitely it's it's still they need either Atlas or Juarez. Please no, don't make it Juarez. <laughs> um, <laughs> to lose some points and then I mean, yeah, they, they technically could make it. and we they're probably gonna, some of the teams in the top positions may, might lose some points, they might face each other in these last weeks of Liguilla of of regular season. So that's an even bigger opportunity for them because they could just catch up with some of these guys. Yeah. So, yeah, amazing victory. Um, Mariel Roman getting that first goal, Liliana Rodriguez getting the second. I mean, you look at Rayas' squad and it's you really want to – you can't guess what happened. I mean, Godinez starting goalkeeper, Bernal is captain, you have Diana Evangelista, you have Yamile Franco, you have Christina Birkenrod. I mean, it wasn't as if you were missing some of the key players. I mean – it, it really is a, a strong squad. Just thinking about anybody beating Monterrey, especially again as, after everything that happened to Lucas, is quite surprising. But uh, I mean, I hope they make it. Yeah, I you know I'm trying to figure out what exactly has gone wrong with Monterrey. They've lost. Uh, they're winless in four. I shouldn't say uh, they lost the last one. They had three draws prior. That's not a good sign for them. Uh, they no, started. I mean, not. they were they were undefeated and untied. Going into, I think, what, like week 10, week 11 or, or something. Or no, I'm sorry. Undefeated going into week 10. They then drew. But, you know, they've not been able to find much of anything going forward, I don't think. You know, uh, 
Birkenrode has 10 goals, but uh, it just seems like that no one else is kind of helping to pick up that slack. Uh, she hasn't scored uh, since week 10. Uh, so here we are in week 13. That's a while. And if nobody else is picking up that slack, that's a problem for them. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're usually hoping the teams reach like their peak performances, like somewhere near this week. I mean, you don't want them to have their peak performance early in the season because you could probably have, I mean, players can be tired. It means you're, you might not be distributing like your players throughout the season, making sure they're not injured, not tired. Um, you have to think about national team call-ups, et cetera. Um, usually they peak around this time, which is great because that way you just go into Liguilla pretty strong. But yeah, it seems as though Rayadas, I think probably we could say after the national team call-up, started losing some of its momentum. I mean, we didn't see players like Christina Birkenrode being called up, sadly enough. But it seems as though after, like when, when some of the teams have this break, this international break, and they can give uh, some players some days off. And it just seems as though, they, yeah, they, they kind of lose their momentum. And it's really hard for them to just pick up from where they, where, where they were before and start gaining that, the same performances that we saw at the beginning of the season. So yeah. it is really weird, especially for a team like Monterrey. But I mean, we'll have to look into it. I mean, we, we saw this kind of situation with Tigres as well this season. We hadn't seen Tigres. I think they lost, they've lost four games this season. If they lose one more, it's going to be their worst season. I mean, like air quotes, mm-hmm. because I mean, what team wouldn't want to have a season <laughs> where they only lose five games? But it, I don't know if, if it's a good thing because it means other teams are kind of reaching them performance wise or just taking advantage of the circumstances those teams are, are living or just because something was off this season and planning didn't go as expected. And now you're losing points that I think you kind of like whenever the start of the season came up and you were like, Hey, this game, I can this is, this is winnable. This is probably up in the air. I mean, th- this was probably wasn't one of those games that they actually thought they could lose. Yeah. I think uh, their schedule, Monterey, uh, their schedule has gotten increasingly harder over the past few weeks. And that could probably point to why they're, why they're not winning games. Uh, you know, they, they've already played Puebla, Santos, Mazatlan, Leon, you know, the teams that you expect them to beat, Nacaxa, they've already played them. Now they're getting to playing Chivas, Tigres, Toluca. Uh, they still have Tijuana, America, Atlas, and San Luis left to go. So they're really going to have to kind of dig deep and, and be able to pull it out uh, if they're going to kind of keep that momentum going into the Ligia. Speaking of Ligia teams, they uh, Radis was overtaken this week by Chivas, and uh, Licha Cervantes is back. She oh, got a so fantastic <laughs> goal this uh, this week for Chivas' third of the evening. She did this nice uh, little move where she pulled the ball back, watched the defender race on past her, and then just hit a shot into the far corner. It was absolutely stunning, um, and what a way to come back. And uh, yeah, Chivas uh, beat Leon 3 to nothing. Thought that was a good result. Uh, they're now super leader. What is your thoughts on that, Adriana? I was just, I mean, first of all, I was, I was thrilled to see Licha come back. I actually saw how they posted on social media, like when she was just putting on her shoes and, and it was just like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> uh, she's coming back. And then, oh, but oh my God, Caro Jaramillo's goal was so amazing. Mm-hmm. It was just like a, such a long shot, like really strong, long shot outside the box. Um, Just amazing to see her score that way. So I, I was, I was so happy like, everywhere. I was just happy Licha's back. Hopefully... I, I don't think she's she's still set to start like being a starting lineup for next week. I think she, they should go slowly with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really want to make sure that she's available for Liguilla as best as possible and not just be careless and think that she's okay and she's okay to start off next game. But still, really amazing to see Chivas take on that first that first uh, position in the standings, overtake 
Monterrey and I mean, slowly getting that advantage. I mean, America can't reach them at, at least until this week. So um, slowly getting that advantage and hopefully they'll stick to it because if they qualify first place for the Guilla, it just means that wherever they make it, hopefully it'll be to the final. <laughs> it just means they'll be a home team for the second leg. And again, that's really, really important for some of these teams to have that home team advantage for whatever game that decides whether it's uh, quarterfinals, semifinals or, or the final. Absolutely. Their remaining games are at Cruz Azul, at Tigres, uh, home against Pachuca, and then at Cholos. Um, Super leader, I think, is going to be a tough ask. Uh, just looking at that schedule, uh, yeah. looking at the teams that are around them, it's uh, not that it's not doable. It's absolutely doable, especially for a team of Chivas quality, but it's it's not going to be easy. Uh, so I think we're really going to see what they're made of uh, over that stretch. And I I hope, I look at that and I hope that they don't burn themselves out going into the Ligia, you know, with those, yeah. especially with those three final teams, Cruz Azul is kind of, uh, you know, no offense to Cruz Azul fans, but Chivas shouldn't sweat beating them. Tigres, Pachuca, and even Cholos, I think, Cholos away are really going to be the ones where they got to make sure that they're not expending too much energy trying to get points from that to the point where they burn themselves out for the Ligia. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, they're qualified, so they've reached a point where they could technically also rest some players, mm -hmm. but also you're probably risking losing that first position. I mean, I think you're pretty safe if at least you make it top four, because that means you've got quarterfinal set, and then after that, you might be lucky to face some team that um, would, would still be under you in the, in, in the standings, and you could still have that home team advantage for semifinals, and then it just depends who you get on the final. But it doesn't sound far-fetched if they start resting some players just a bit. You want to make sure that they're healthy, that they're set for Liguilla. So, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's it's a towing cost. I mean, I mean I, I, have, I'm, I have no idea if they're going to do it, but if they if they do that, I can understand why. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see uh, how they kind of approach things going down the stretch. Um, one of the teams that they're going to be facing uh, in a couple of weeks, Tigres, they beat Mazatlan 5 to nothing this week. Uh, I don't think that was a, a big surprise for anybody. What surprised me the most, I think, uh, and perhaps everybody, was Deiri Ramirez with her Chilena. Oh, wow. 16 years old. I think it was her first ever game at it was the her debut. top level <laughs> debut, and she pulls that off. Can you imagine I actually tweeted like like when I grow up, I want to make my Liga MX Femenil debut when I'm 16. And score <laughs> <a China. laughs> oh my um, goodness! It was just so amazing. I mean, just I mean, first of all, getting your first professional minutes at 16 with Tigres and then scoring a goal and not just any goal, but a Chilena is just I mean, that's the stuff fairy tales are made out of. Absolutely. I mean, it was just amazing. So happy to see that. So happy to see the entire team celebrate with her because they, they obviously they got it. And then we also saw Stephanie Mayor have a really, really great celebration. I think we were all just mm -hmm. hoping that she scored because we wanted to see what happened. And then she obviously scored and then dedicated the goal to her twins, to her and Bianca Sierra's twins. Yeah. So that was pretty emotional as well. That was super cool. It was cool to see her back. I think she'd missed uh, quite a few games injured. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was good to see her back. It was good to see her get back on the score sheet. And yeah, what a what a uh, celebration, uh, both uh, stuffing the ball up the, up the shirt and then going over to the teammates and everybody doing the the, the rocking the arms in a, in a cradle. Uh, I thought that was just uh, just super cool. And uh, yeah, yeah uh, good night all around for Tigres. Not so good of a night for Mazatlan. Uh, they've had quite a few of them. Uh, another team that did not have a good night was Nakaxa. They went up to uh, Pachuca and, and got uh, beaten five to one. Uh, not really a surprise there either. I think we kind of expected that. Um, 
Charlene Corral now has 16 goals on the season. Uh, Jenny Hermoso now has 15. Uh, so watching those two go neck and neck for <laughs> the goal, uh, the golden boot is, is quite interesting. Uh, do you think either one of them is going to make 20 or did I just jinx it? <laughs> we are so sorry, Charlene. We're so sorry, Jenny. Um, <laughs> Eugene jinxed it. It's my fault. Um, <laughs> I first of all, again, uh, it was it was just like a great weekend for goals. Um, one of Terlene's goals is just amazing. The way she just like turns and connects the ball and it just far like to the far post. It was just a really really great goal. Let me see who Machuca is facing just so we can understand <laughs> how many goals they can score and then kind of think about how many could actually be Charlene's or Jennifer Moss. I mean, they're facing Atlas and then they have San Luis, Chivas, and Cruz Azul. Um. I'm thinking they're probably not going to get the same five goals as they did against Nakaxa. No, probably I, not. I, yeah, no, probably not. I'm, but I'm still, I'm thinking they could still get at least like seven goals more in the season. So if half of those, if like four, at least four of those were um, Charlene's, maybe yeah, I, I think she could reach twenty. That would um, be. I, I can, I can see her scoring probably in every game, maybe except Chivas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch uh, those two go down the stretch. And then the final game was Santos uh, against Juarez. Santos won three to two. I thought this is one of the most entertaining games of the season. Juarez is now winless in three, but I, I kind of had a feeling they were going to have a tough time uh, against Santos. Oh, I'm just I'm struggling not to like ever. I think everyone wants to make sure they make it to Liguilla, whether it's in eighth place, seventh place, whatever. We just want to make sure that like Brava Lactica is like the main. The, probably the best story of the season uh, doesn't end up uh, just like losing that position in like week 16 or 17 or anything. Yeah. Well, the, um, the good thing for them is they've got some easy matches coming up. So looking at who Juarez has left in this season, they have, uh, they're hosting Toluca this week. They're at Pumas. Then they've got uh, Nicaxa away and uh, Puebla at home to end the season. You know, I think, we're in agreement that Puebla and Nicaxa are ones that they absolutely should be winning. Pumas, I hate to say it, they probably should <laughs> win that one too. Um, Toluca is going to be the test. I think it's going to be a massive game this weekend. But what do you think? Do you think Juarez can do it? Do you think they can pull it off with, with that remaining schedule? I think they can. It's just a matter of them, I mean, going back to basics, right? Going back to that performances like that we saw at the beginning of the season, not being overconfident. I can understand them. I mean, after the amazing season they've had, I mean, who couldn't be overconfident? But um, it's definitely reaching a point where you really don't want to put in jeopardy um, everything you did during the first weeks of Liga Max. So I'm guessing, I, I think all four of those games are winnable. I'm so sorry about Pumas, Eugene. <laughs> uh, me too. Um, but yeah, I think they actually are like winnable. I think actually Toluca could give them like a run for the money. I mean, it's definitely just understanding how close Toluca is as well. It seems as though they could go to Juarez and make things difficult for for Bravas. But still, I think Bravas has shown that they've done way better, even against like top teams. So again, it's just a matter of going back to what worked the first first weeks, taking advantage of those two last home games and making sure that you have as best as position as possible. I mean, they aren't in Liguilla positions at this moment, but if you could probably maybe get um, another victory, you might, you just might make it over Cholos, right? You could, you could make it a sixth place rather than seventh. And then make, just make sure that Atlas doesn't reach you at some point, which I mean, I, you, you have the schedule for it, right? You do, you definitely do have probably one of the better schedules 
regarding the last four games. So um, hopefully they'll make it. I think they will. I think they'll probably get like a reality check and just go back to what has worked and make sure that they get at least a couple of victories out of those four games. Yeah, I think I think Toluca is doable. I think they're going to give them uh, a run for their money. Uh, I'm I'm not. I think Toluca could obviously beat them, but I think playing it in Juarez is going to make that something that Juarez should be winning. I think Pumas is going to give them trouble simply because it is in Mexico City, but I still think Juarez can win that one. And then they absolutely should be beating Necaxa and, and Puebla. It, it's going to be tough the, the next couple of weeks. I think that's going to really kind of determine how their season goes. Uh, it's going to be even more difficult. They're going to be without Jermaine Seopasenwe, uh, who announced today that uh, she is uh, suffering from some tendinitis. Uh, so she has to take a little bit of time, at least a week or two, to kind of get herself back into shape. Um, you know, she mentions that she wants to help Juarez reach their first ever playoff. However, she is aware of the World Cup on the horizon. So she wants to make sure she is available for that as well. So it's going to be balancing those two things. And hopefully she is able to come back first and foremost healthy and help her team get into the Ligia. But we will see. We will certainly see how how that all shakes out. Any final thoughts on this past week? Any final thoughts on uh, the week that 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 was? Um, I mean, if we start seeing those, like, I mean, we saw at least, I think, four or five really amazing goals. I mean, or at least goals that meant, you know, you have Stephanie Mayor's uh, celebration, mm-hmm. uh, Tigres' uh, Chilena. You've got, you saw Licha coming back, uh, Caro Jaramillo's goal, uh, Charlene's goal. I mean, if we start seeing more of that, this is going to be such an amazing league. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll we'll see more of that against, I mean, tougher teams. If you could choose one team to make it to league, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, Tigres is yeah, Tigres will make it, but you will make it, America will make it. If you could like guarantee one team to make it to league, yeah, who would you pick? Besides like, you could give them, like a free pass. Yeah, other than this. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody who's who's realistically going to make it. Um, <laughs> gosh, that's so tough. I really want, I really want the Brava Lacticas to make it. That's yeah, been right. such a good story. You know, the, the the narrative of a team that was not very good for so long finally getting their stuff together and making Ligia is just so compelling. But so is Toluca. So is a team that really struggled in the first part of the season. I mean, deep, deep struggles like fundamental team struggles and would be able to overcome that oh man if i had to pick one of those two oh i guess i would say bravas i guess i'd have to go with them i still want toluca to make it but i i just i think bravas is the longer term good for the league where teams you know like nakaxa like mazatlan can take a look at that and go you know they were where we are now and within a couple of seasons with some good hires, with some good player acquisitions, they're now in the Ligia, and we could do that too. Yeah, agreed. I think not only because I want them to do well, I want them to get the reward for just planning off like the, the entire season, the project so well, mm-hmm. but just because it's also the best example for the, all the other teams in, in Liga Max that haven't made it to Ligia. Yeah, it's just like you—you you really don't need Tigres' budget. You really don't need, you know, like Chivas and America's history. I mean. Juarez is one of the newer teams in Liga MX. I think probably only probably only older than Mazatlan, I guess. So if a team that's as new as that with doesn't have the budget, doesn't have the popularity, 
uh, definitely doesn't have the history, but if they can still pull off such a successful project, there's nothing keeping the other teams from doing the same thing. So yeah. I think that's probably why I'd also like for them to make it, make like just make sure you make it to Liguilla, even if you don't make it past quarterfinals, which still would be so amazing. Just making it to Liguilla in itself is just such an amazing feat for them. Yeah, I mean, you got to make you got to make it before you can do anything, right? You have to make yep. it into the Liguilla before you even think about next steps and building on that, you know. So for them to do that and serve as as an example to other teams of kind of how to do it, like you said, without the budget of a Tigres, um, you know, or the the allure of playing for Chivas or America or Cruz Azul or Pumas or something like that, to be able to put together a project that overcomes all of that and does well um, is just, it's cool. You you can't help but root for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that'll happen. I mean, I think they'll probably have every single other team behind them as well in the Liguilla if they make it. Yeah, you know, and they they're looking good, right? So, uh, running down the league table, Chivas is uh, clinched with 32 points. Monterrey is clinched with 30. America and Pachuca have 28 points each. America is in third place because of golden differential with Pachuca in fourth. Tigres also has 28 points. Uh, they are are behind on goal differential as well. Tupana is behind all of them in six at 22 points. Juarez seventh, 21. Atlas eighth with 20, and that's the cutoff line. And then realistically speaking, Toluca is behind them with 18. And then you've got teams with 14 uh, points and fewer who are mathematically still in it, but realistically holding out hope for something major to, to happen. So yeah, we will see. We will see how this plays out over the next four weeks. I'm excited for it. And we will get to the next week, week 14, our preview right after this. And we are back. So Adriana, we have a full slate of games uh, coming up. They don't actually start until Saturday this week. We are right. We usually have like at least like a couple of games on Friday sometimes. Right. I I was surprised to see that the first game wasn't until Saturday and it's only one game. It's a uh, noon local time game between Cruz Azul and Chivas. That's going to be on VIX, uh, both in the U.S. and Mexico. Should be an interesting game. I don't think Cruz Azul is going to fare too well, but uh, we've seen some good performances from them in the past. Maybe they can put together another good performance and give a good account of themselves. Yeah, I was just thinking that it also might be a good opportunity at this point for some of the clubs to start testing out some of their U18 players. Mm. I mean, it's not, I mean, again, we, we know mathematically Kuzasol is still alive towards Liguilla, but realistically they're not. But maybe you could just take advantage and start looking at into some of those players that maybe might be available to come up to the senior team for next season. Or maybe just get the opportunity to get some your first minutes with, with the senior team, despite the fact that maybe just because of age, you could still make it for the U- U18. Cruz Azul is, is actually not doing too bad in the U18 category. I mean, they're ninth place. Uh, they're only one point away from the Guilla. So maybe the U18 will stand up for Cruz Azul on the Liga Mix Femenil and give them that those Guilla games. So... I mean, yeah, I was just thinking about that. You you just might have like an opportunity for, to start looking at some of those players, give them their first minutes, like not as much pressure as you could expect because, again, you're not expecting to make it to Liguilla anymore. So you could just take advantage of whatever time you have left, start looking into those players, give them their first minutes and bring in some some healthy competition for the senior squad as well. 
Yeah, I think, you know, the worst thing that happens is you get a player some early minutes against one of the better teams in the league. Uh, or the best thing that could happen is that they come out and they uh, they have a good game. You know, they they kind of prove that they can play at that level. Maybe they give Cruz Azul enough of a boost to get a point or even three points out of it. I mean, stranger things have happened, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility, but you never know unless you actually take that step. I'm, I'm all for teams like Cruz Azul, Puebla, Nacaxa, Santos. Uh, Santos has been doing it, though, in, in fairness to them. But, you know, some of the teams at the lower end of the table putting in some U18 players and saying, OK, well, you know, go, let's see what you can do. Um, yep. Let's see. On Sunday, the games uh, come through. Uh, San Luis is hosting Puebla, 5 p.m. local time. That's going to be on ESPN in Mexico, not available here in the U.S. Um, that should be a fun one, I think. Uh, San Luis, they've looked good. They've, they've looked good at home. Puebla has kind of struggled, but uh, I don't know. I, I think both of these teams are about the same level. Uh, and this could be one of those games where they put in a bunch of U18 players and say, OK, well, let's see what you can do because we're, we're starting to plan for, for next year. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. And then after that, we have a couple other games. Also at 5 p.m. local time, we have Atlas Pachuca. That's going uh, to be really good. <laughs> um, that's going to be such a tough game. I have no idea why I think Pachuca is going to struggle. I mean, I, we just said uh, that we expect them to score at least three out of the four games. I think they will score against Atlas. I just think they're going to have a, a tough time against Atlas. Not entirely sure why, but just it seems as though Atlas home team um, mm-hmm. just has enough talent to make sure that Pachuca just doesn't have a really good time in Guadalajara. Um, and then after that, we have games also also Sunday, Juarez versus Toluca. We just mentioned that. It's, it's probably the game of the week, right? I mean, not rivalry-wise, not size-wise, but just because of what's at stake. I think that's probably the game of the jornada. I think so, yeah, absolutely. That's the one I'm, I'm looking uh, forward to the most is just seeing how Toluca can do against Juarez. It's going to be a tough, tough game for them, like we were just talking about. It's going to be in Juarez. Toluca hasn't, you know, I mean, they've, they've struggled at home too, but they've struggled on the road. Juarez is not a, a nice pl- place to play uh, for any team coming in there. It is difficult. Uh, there's a lot of fans, which, you know, some of the teams quite frankly just aren't used to. So, you know, it is going to be a very difficult game. I think it's going to be fun though. I think it's going to be fun mm-hmm. to see um, how these two teams match up against one another. I think it's going to be one of the more intriguing matchups of the week. And yeah, like it's going to have massive, massive uh, implications for the Ligia, I think. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I mean, we have on Monday, we have Necaxa versus Tigres. Thing to point out here is that if Tigres wins and Pachuca wins or maybe even loses, Tigres, depending on the goal differential, could surpass Pachuca in the standings. And then you have Tigres on in fourth place and then Pachuca moving down to fifth. So yeah. it seems as though that's quite possible. I mean, if we look at their goal differential at this point, Tigres has scored 30 times in the season and then Pachuca has scored 42. Wow, that's a big yeah. differential. I mean, Pachuca has been scored out against like 19 times, Tigres 11. It's yeah, only... you, it, it'd have to be like goal differential, right? If you, if you go to goal scored, like another tiebreaker, it's not going to happen for Tigres, but definitely if they get a better goal differential this week. Yeah, they, they've, they're only, uh, as far as goal differential goes, they're only four behind Pachuca. Mm-hmm. They're 11 behind uh, America, so that's probably not going to happen. Although, sorry, Nacoxa, but it is against <laughs> Nacoxa. Uh, we have seen teams put... 10 uh, goals against them this season. So, or this oh, season. That was, uh, that was Mazatlan. Yeah. Um, but we've seen teams we've rack seen up. It happen. <laughs> we've seen teams rack up the goals against Nacoxa. Sorry to the fans of Nacoxa, but, you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. 
so it, it could happen, but you know, I think uh, something to to kind of consider with that too is that Pachuca is playing Atlas. It's going to be a very tough game. They may not win that. America is the next game on on the slate. They're hosting Querétaro, and something about this tells me Querétaro is going to give America problems. I don't think America is going to steamroll them like they've been able to do a lot of the other teams. I think Querétaro is so sound defensively, it's going to be very difficult for America. I'm not saying they're going to pull out the victory, but I I don't think they're going to lose, you know, four to nothing either. I think it's going to be a a one to nothing game, and I'm not really sure who that one uh, one to nothing winner is. Yeah, it seems. Mm, I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, I I can see America struggling against Querétaro. They have 14 points. They get 17. I mean, yeah, Querétaro. Despite the victory, they'll they'll still be 10th. So. I mean, again, I'm, I'm trying to think of like America has also been affected a bit after like the international break, losing some players due to national team activities. It might have not have been like the best moment to have an international friendly at some point for some of the, the clubs, as far as we we've been seeing. Again, it is it it is a home game for America, so that might just be enough of a difference to make sure that they do get a comfortable victory. But still, it, it does seem as though Querétaro could make them struggle just a bit more than expected. Yeah, I think that's I think that's going to be a tough game. That's that's another one I'm really looking forward to watching. Next up on on the docket is Mazatlan hosting Pumas. Ugh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> upset. said. Uh, yeah, I mean I think Pumas should win that game, but it's, you know, I think it's going to be too little too late as far as making Ligia goes. We'll see though. I mean a win would put them at 16, which you know, depending on how everything else shakes out, uh, would keep them mathematically in it. But, you know, then, you know, it's still a lot of things outside of their control have to happen in order for Pumas to make it. So um, just, I guess, enjoy enjoy the rest of the ride. <laughs> Leon hosts They're Santos. doing well in the U18 as well. Um, I'm looking at, at the league and the U18, Jane. I mean, you, you can take a look oh. into that. Are they going to uh, have another trophy for that man's desk? Oh, yeah, they should. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for people that... Don't understand the joke. Um, we found like a, a couple of weeks ago when Pumas uh, senior side for the for the men's team announced uh, Antonio Mohamed as her new coach. We were seeing all this footage of him in, in the facilities and walking around and saying hello to everybody. And then we found that Pumas's U18 championship trophy is sitting on uh, the desk of the club director. <laughs> it's like near a window. <laughs> have no idea if it'll remain there but it was just like the weirdest place to put a trophy because it's just far away from every single player right so um hopefully that trophy will be moved to a better location sometime soon yeah that's um yeah hopefully (laughs) uh i have a lot of thoughts on that one so i'm just going to go on to the next game i think uh leon versus (laughs) santos i think this one's this one's going to be a a good game Uh, just because the teams are pretty similar they're both kind of out of the out of the Ligia hunt uh, at this point in time yeah mathematically they're still in it but I, I I do think it's going to be a fun game to watch just because the teams are pretty even and uh you know the Santos comes in off of a off of a hard-fought win against Juarez uh Leon I think they want to give a little bit better uh account of themselves uh I, I think they did okay against Chivas but uh you know a three nothing loss sting so you kind of go back home and you want to take it out on whoever uh whoever comes in so I think it's gonna be a fun game to watch I don't think it's gonna impact uh Ligia at, at all but it should be a fun one and then we end the week with Monterrey hosting Tijuana this one's gonna be a good one too uh, oh yeah Monterrey, you know, we've already said they haven't won in four uh, games. Tijuana comes in after that game against Atlas where they they led and, you know, they, they couldn't quite hold on at home. So 
you know, I think that this is going to be really telling as far as how both of these teams approach this game. And um, they're probably, I mean, it's going to be, I guess, a really high, like, mental game. I mean, yeah. Pumas, I mean, Pumas, Monterrey is going to come in really desperate to get that victory. It, it is a home game for them. Um, you have this northern rivalry with with Cholos. And, I mean, Tijuana just wants to make sure they get that Diguilla uh, spot as soon as possible. They can't make sure they get it this week, but definitely any number, any points you can get as soon as possible will definitely help. So I'm, I'm guessing, yeah, it's just going to be a matter of which team can make sure that they mentally approach this game as healthy as possible and not mm-hmm. give in to the pressure of, one, making sure you make it to Diguilla, and the other, um, making sure you, you shake off that that. Uh, a streak of losses that you you're, you're carrying at this point. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think the mental aspect of this is going to be absolutely critical for both of these teams. You know, Radis has been struggling a little bit. Cholo Semenil has struggled a little bit. And being able to put those things aside and focus on the task at hand and get the points that you need uh, is just going to be so critical. I think it's going to tell us a lot about both teams, how this one plays out, how where, where the teams are mentally, what they think they can do uh, kind of going forward. Tijuana, of course, will be without uh, Jocelyn De La Rosa, who picked up a red card in the match against Atlas, picked it up late. So they'll have to adjust for that. You know, playing in Monterrey is never an easy thing. You know, so they're definitely going to be behind the eight ball a bit. But Radas has looked a little vulnerable. Maybe they think they can go in there and uh, boss them around a little bit. Well, we will see. Any final thoughts on the upcoming week uh, or anything in general? Um, no, I mean, Liguilla at this point, just before week 14, would be Chivas versus Atlas, Monterrey versus Juarez, America versus Cholos, and Pachuca versus Tigres. Um, we'll see how much of that changes for next week. And again, looking at the U18, it's pretty interesting. You have Chivas also in first place in the U18. They would face Puebla at this point, which is really amazing. Tigres would face Toluca. So Toluca also probably looking into Liguilla for, for the U18. We would have a Clásico Capitalino with America Pumas, and we would have an Atlas versus Pachuca uh, for the U18. So pretty interesting as well. And just looking at Puebla with, with the U18s, um, also something pretty interesting to, to look into. So probably a really good generation of players coming in from, from Puebla. Amazingly enough, Juarez in the U18 is last. So, yeah, probably some, I don't know, you want to red flag that and make sure that you look into that project as well, because if you did as much as you have done with current players uh, this season for the senior squad, you want to make sure you're building up those players for future tournaments as well. Agreed. Agreed. Them and uh, Cholos Femenil are both toward the bottom of the, the table mm-hmm. um, as far as that goes. And yeah, let, you know, let's let's hope that they can they can start to, to improve the academies. You know, I'm from the school of thought where if I was the president of a club or something, I would want to build as strong as academy as possible and bring players up through it, you know, following kind of the model that uh, like Santos and Atlas really have kind of done um, both on the men's and and, uh, now we're starting to see on the women's side. But, you know, just kind of developing players uh that are that are local and, and having them come in. Of course you look to the transfer market to you know, augment that with uh, available players, players you think you can get uh, who are undervalued um, and bring them in. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not of the mindset like uh, America where you just kind of go out and spend and, uh, you know, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, you just spend some more. So, (laughs) 
but you know, I think there's there's room in the game for for all those sorts of things. I don't know. That was a really long tangent to to say that <laughs> I, I'm very happy that they have a U18s uh, division now, uh, just so that those other teams can work on implementing. Uh, that sort of strategy. Uh, and yeah, w- hopefully we'll see some more uh, of these players come up and um, maybe we'll see more uh, Chilenas too. That would be uh, <laughs> that'd be kind of cool to see. Yeah, definitely. I, I love how your school of thought is so in sync with what Pumas does. <laughs> <laughs> it is like an academy-based club entirely. And then, yeah, you bring in some a few players from abroad or other clubs that just can give them a bit more experience. But definitely it's one of those really iconic clubs that are entirely academy-based. You know, you've got your Atlas, you've got Pumas, you've got Chivas. So yeah, hopefully they'll do all in the U18s, at least, Eugene. You'll have something to look forward to um, <laughs> for Liguilla, for, for the club as well. Just make sure that you... We all support those players and make sure they get their opportunity with the senior squad sometime soon as well. There's always next year, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, I want to thank you for uh, doing this with me. I want to thank our listeners for uh, paying attention and hanging out with us uh, over this past hour. Um, I want to thank everybody who you know gives us feedback online, good and bad. We, we appreciate it so very much. I uh, just want to say thank you. Keep up with the content. Keep up with the hashtag, uh, hashtag Liga MX, F-E-M-E-N-G, because at the end of the day, it is indeed our football. Thank you so very much, and we will see you next time.